everyone, and welcome to episode 141 of The Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into The Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Joe Amade, Great Escape historian, film buff, and president of Virgil Films. Welcome to the show, Joe. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really glad that I was, I was able to find some time in your busy schedule to get you on uh, this week. Hopefully hopefully you'll be able to come every day this week to, to talk to us because yes. uh, you are one of those people that I really wanted to pick your brain and hear as much as possible about The Great Escape, especially, obviously, about uh, these five minutes that we're going to talk about this week. So I love it. All right, great. So episode 141 begins with a train pulling into the station and goes all the way till we see Kuhn carefully eyeing the departing passengers. So what basically happens here is, as we were discussing on, on uh, Friday's episode, we, we had a quick shot of a train pulling into a station. We're not really sure where it is. We just see a whole bunch of German guards standing around. We see a Hitler youth. We see uh, what looks like a I guess, German girl, girl Scout or something like that. We see someone who looks like a nurse. You know, just people just sitting around waiting for a train. And the uh, train then begins to pull into the station. And then we get to see Herr Kuhn. Which, for those of you who don't remember, we saw him many, many months ago when we were discussing one of the very first scenes of the movie. He's actually one of the Gestapo men who brought Bartlett into Stalag Luft Three, and basically warned him that if they capture him again, he will not get be so lucky and get back alive. Herr Kuhn. Yeah, Herr Kuhn. He's actually my, my favorite Gestapo guy of this movie. He's he's, yeah, yeah. he's he's much better than the other one. I'm trying to remember what his name is. Do you remember his name? Well, you know, he's 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 tough and he's mean and he's he's very evil looking and he's even dressed evil as opposed to I guess it's Luger von Luger who right. runs the camp. Yeah, there's von Luger, but I right, I was talking about uh, Priestin. Priestin's the other one. Priestin's the guy with oh, the, yeah. the little mustache. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he's been, you know, um, Hale Kuhn was a guy named Hans Reiser, mm-hmm. you know, who, who, you know, his IMDb page has quite a few credits, but, you know, all obviously German films. But he's only in this movie for what? If you count up the amount of screen time, maybe a minute and a half? Uh, no, he's a, it's a little more than a minute and a half. Is it longer when than that? When you're, when, you're, when you're doing this minute by minute, you get to see that oh, okay. uh, he's there a little bit longer than a minute and a half. He probably has about three or four minutes. To, um, let's see. He, he, was, he was in, I think he, he probably had like two, two and a half minutes in the scene in Stalag, and then he has probably another two, two minutes here. So it's close to five minutes of screen time. Yeah. But that's yeah. all they needed him for. <laughs> and he's memorable. You, you, he's one of the, the Germans that you remember distinctly. Yes, very true. Uh, it's because of yeah. his his leather jacket and the way that he his holds leather it. black leather jacket. Yeah, and and, and his his motorcycle racing gloves <laughs> that he walks. Yeah, around that's in. true. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, when I watched it. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe maybe that's why McQueen wanted him here because he looks good in 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 riding gloves. <laughs> he looks good in leather. And he, <laughs> and he recognizes Bartlett. Not yet. Not yet. We're not there yet. Not yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. Anyway, any, I'm assuming that most people by now have seen this entire movie, so they, they know what we're going to be talking about. But it's still fun to go by little by little. So we yeah. see him you know, standing there awaiting the arrival of, of the train because he's looking for uh, prisoners. 
Now, my biggest question is, is why is he particularly in this, in, in this station? I mean, we saw everyone get onto the train, I'm assuming near Zagin, but why would he assume, is it possible that, that, that this is the last stop on the train? It's never really explained. Right. No, obviously it's, not. It's, it's, this is this is speculation. Completely. Yeah. Movies by minute is complete speculation. <laughs> yeah. Because is it is it the next stop? Because you know more than a few of the escapees get off at this stop. Um, I don't remember though. Has Garner jumped off that train? Yes. At this point. Yes. He has. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I do know that the train scene was filmed in Fujian, where a lot of the movie was filmed. Yes. Which is a small town. Um, in fact, uh, you've, you know, you've been there, haven't most, you? I have not been there. Um, um, I My company released a movie about the making of, uh, of the film called The Coolest Guy Movie Ever, and there's a lot of scenes in that movie from uh, the towns where the film was made. And... Um, it's 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 a it's a dream of mine to go and visit these locations, but I haven't done it yet. Ah, you, actually, you weren't there during the the filming of, of as as a producer. You, you couldn't, no, no, no. You couldn't I, allow I yourself to travel there. <laughs> I came on board afterwards. No, where I have been that we can we can get into not now, but at a later time is I've been to the real camp um, multiple times. Okay, I've, we, I've we will discuss Salah. that later later this week. We'll we'll keep people in suspense to find out about uh, what Joe has to say about the real camp. You know, come come back all week to hear what Joe has to say about, about this. So uh, you mentioned your production company. Your production company's name is is Virgil Films. Now, where, where, yes. did, where did that name come from? So uh, we, uh, back in 19, uh, I'm sorry, 2003, when I started this company, we did a name search. I mean, we were looking, you know, at all the normal names and we, my staff and I came up with about a hundred names just didn't work or the ones that worked were already taken. And an old movie buff friend of mine who has since passed away, I, I, I was talking about this with him and I said, I can't, I want to come up with a name that means something to me. And he said, well, you know, what started, what started all this for you? I'm, I've been a film geek since as long as I can remember. Um, I've been going to the movies since I was seven or eight years old. I've never stopped. Um, I see at least a movie almost every day. Um, been doing this forever. And the, mm, and sounds one familiar. Of, yeah. <laughs> and one of the movies, if not the movie, that started it all was The Great Escape. And I remember distinctly seeing it in the theaters when I was a kid. And I lived in Philadelphia. And I went back the next day and saw it again. And as can, I get older, can I ask my, how old you were when you first saw it? So I was eight. Okay. And I walked ten city blocks as an eight-year-old to see the film by yourself. Uh, no, with my next-door neighbor Jackie Reese, and he was also eight. Uh, <laughs> That's you, what it was like. Is, wow. Okay. That's what it was like. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't let my eight year old go 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 walk ten blocks to a movie on on their own. <laughs> not only was it ten blocks, but it was like each block had a red light. So you, it was just a different world. Wow. It's a long time ago. It's nineteen sixty three. Well, okay. Fifty fifty nine years ago at this point, since it's twenty twenty two. Yeah, you had to <laughs> you had to, you had to go there, right? Wow. So anyway, no. Anyway, um, Joe, as I, I, as I always through, say, it's better than the alternative. Getting older, getting older is great because yeah. it's better than the. There's, there's only one other alternative. 
<laughs> yeah. When when someone comes up with it with an, with another alternative, then we're, then I'll be willing to you know to, yes. to to discuss other alternatives. But in in the world that we live in today, there are two alternatives: get older <laughs> or don't. <laughs> right. I, exactly. I prefer the get older one. Yeah. So so as as I got older, you know, if you if you're a film buff and if you're a Great Escape buff, then obviously you're a McQueen buff and. Um, you know, I, I started collecting, you know, McQueen memorabilia and stuff. And, you know, so it was either going to be called Virgil Films or Hilt's Films. And I thought the Virgil sounded better. And then we went. Hilt, Hilt's wouldn't daughter, have agreed with you. Uh, yeah. Hilt's would not have agreed with you. <laughs> and then my daughter created a, a logo and went into a room in her apartment and replic- replicated the ball, you know, the baseball in the in the in the cooler cell the baseball sound and came to me and said why don't we use this as the background to the logo and we did and over the years some people have recognized what it is most people haven't um but yeah i named my i named my company after virgil hills wow okay that is fascinating and that's one of the reasons why you're here because because you're such a fan of the great escape you know most most of my guests you know, either have seen it a lot, or I actually had a few guests that that only saw it once to be able to to talk about it. You probably are one of the the people with the most number of viewings of this movie. Uh, Steve Steve probably is pretty high up on there also. Steve definitely. Is. I, I know yeah. I'm, I know I'm high up there now since you know watching a movie minute by minute. You know when you when you continue watching a movie the same minute twenty times, so I could probably add at least twenty more times. To having seen this movie, yeah. I, it might be cheating if you look at it that way, but uh, I don't know. I, it's gained. It's, I've gained a lot more insight into the movie this way. And it's also for me, it's one of those films that, um, as I have studied and read countless books on the real escape, the actual escape, and realizing that they're you know Hollywood Hollywoodized this story, that that does not take away from my love of the film at all. No, no, um, no. me neither. Because at the end of the day, this movie. Um, is really about a bunch of guys that that you know knew that they probably more than in most likelihood they were going to get killed doing this, but they did it anyway because they felt that they felt the need to escape. They wanted to be free, and um, it didn't work out. Let's face it, you know, it it really didn't work out. It was a disastrous event. You know, three out of seventy six with fifty being executed um, is not a good result. And, but in spite of that, you there's this feeling that, you, that I continue to get, even though I watch the film all the time. This is feeling I get of excitement and being proud about these real guys that did this. And if the movie never would have been made, you know, the book wasn't it wasn't like a huge bestseller. The story would have been forgotten about. Right. Well, that that all the, the credit to that all goes to John Sturgis, who fought all for so many years to try and get this movie made. And, you know, he had an uphill battle because of the fact that, as, as everyone knows, it's not easy to sell an escape movie where nobody escapes. Sorry, nobody where, three, escapes. where three of them escape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. and most of the main, a lot of the main characters get killed, yes. you know. All, all the um, non-American ones. <laughs> well, Bronson wasn't, a, you know, he was Russian. No, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the three American characters. Oh, that's true. You're right. You know, yeah. Henley, Henley Goff and Hiltz are the three that, that, that are still alive. And, you know, I, I think yeah. that was done on purpose to keep the Americans alive. 
I, I don't think I it was agree. done because you know the fifty that were shot were all British Commonwealth yeah. characters. I, I don't think that that's the reason why they kept the Americans alive. I think Sturgis, you know, uh, again, they did add in the whole Fourth of July aspect here. This is this is a very American movie filled with a ton of Brits. So you're right. It's a very American movie, and it's one of those movies that a lot of Brits wanted to be in the film because they knew it was going to be big, and they took lesser roles. Um, but um, yeah. I mean, you know, legend, what, Richard Harris was supposed to play Bartlett? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally different movie if that would have happened. Completely. Totally different movie. Yes. Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. And I love Richard Harris. Yeah. But he's... You know, as an actor. You see, I've had this discussion with a lot of guests uh, over the course of, of of doing this entire podcast, and I've come to the conclusion, and I, I knew this beforehand, that this movie could never be remade. There's no actors there are no actors that could do the same job of what all these actors did here by putting them all together and stuff i mean we had a, a perfect example just a few years ago when when tarantino in once upon a time in hollywood put you know tried to redo one of the the scenes you know it's great seeing dicaprio in it but it's just it's not mcqueen didn't work no nope. that's the one scene in that movie which i love that didn't work for me yeah i understand Okay. I met, uh, I was very lucky, um, a company that I was working for, Carol Co. at the time, released Attenborough's uh, bio on Charlie Chaplin, Chaplin, the Robert Downey Jr. Yes. film. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I went, I went to a premiere um, uh, at, in, in Jersey at um, C- Cinema, I've, it it's now takes place in Vegas, I forget the name of it, but, but uh, and I met Attenborough for about 30 seconds. Oh, wow. And as I'm shaking his hand, I said, you know. Mr. Atberg, thank you so much for making the greatest film on Charlie Chaplin, who I who I love. And I said, and I also have to say, thank you for the great escape. And he went, there it is. Every day, somebody <laughs> thanks me for the great escape. It was very nice. <laughs> it was, there it is. That's today's. Every day, somebody thanks me for the great escape. He goes, thank you. Thank you, kid. As we said, thank you, kid. It's a great moment. Wow. It was a great yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Steve. Steve discussed last week his his moment of meeting McQueen. So you know, it's 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 nice to 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 hear another chance meeting like that. Yeah, yeah, very chance meeting. Right. So, so basically, we see Coon standing in the in the depot, just looking around. And what's great here is, is if you notice the wide shot and the close up shot have completely different actors in them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. I think the whole that whole little sequence here is a little bit off whack, but go ahead. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, now yeah. I'm going to go watch. It. Yeah, yeah, there, there. If if you look at it, the character where Coon is standing, you see the people behind him, and then when you see the long shot, you don't see Coon, and you don't see any of the other characters that were standing that were next to him. But he's still close to the train somewhere. It's yeah. just very interesting that that you'd think that Sturgis or his you know unit director, whoever was was you know doing the the shots of this would have tried to match them up, and they don't at yeah. all. And it's just, it's pretty funny. I mean, throughout this entire minute, you see it. Even the people, you see them departing the train. You see the ones that are standing in front of, of uh, Bartlett and McDonald. So in the wide shot, it's certain people, and in the close-up shot, it's people dressed completely differently. Wow. We, we had this, we had this, actually, we, we have it next week when we deal with the bus scene, or maybe it's in two weeks. The same thing. They, they were really bad at this. Uh, but, yeah. but again, that it doesn't ruin the movie for me to to see no. these type of things. It actually enhances it because it just it makes things more fun. You know, it's like the perfect example. I'm assuming as a film buff, you're you're aware of the the whole stormtrooper thing in in Star Wars. You know, where he hits his head, 
And, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it doesn't ruin the movie at all. It just makes it even more enjoyable to watch because of yeah. some, because of a little a little flub along the way. Yeah, and it's been happening forever. Of course, of course. And yeah. and when people watch movies minute by minute, you notice it a little more. <laughs> yes, these are things. These are things. I, I assume that that most directors, when they're making a movie, never dreamed about the fact that someone would watch their movie minute by minute and try to nitpick it for bad, for you know for good reasons not for bad reasons not to, yeah. uh, you know not to downplay anything but to, you know to enhance the the viewing and there is so much to talk about and that's why it's so much fun doing this yeah so yeah. we we get a lot of shots of uh coon just looking around looking menacing looking you know he's looking in all directions you know, we're we're trying to figure out what he's looking at, what he's looking for. You know, is it, I, my assumption is he's not only looking for Bartlett; he's looking for any of the seventy-six. So he must have a phenomenal memory that he knows that he's supposed to be looking for someone who's going to hopefully, in his mind, stand out like a sore thumb. That's exactly what he's looking for. He, I guess, because he's Gestapo, he's been trained to search for this type of thing, and. I think he's looking. I think he's looking for Roger, but I also think he's just looking to see if there's anybody that looks a little bit out of whack, like you just said. Yeah. So we see we see people departing the train. Uh, as I mentioned, there's a woman who who has a red scarf, and then a few seconds later, she completely just disappears in a different shot. She's she's <laughs> you know she she was next to Roger and Mac, and then afterwards, there's no woman with a red scarf on her hair and her head. Right. Right. So, like I said, it's just fun. And then we see Roger and Mac come off the, the train with uh, everybody else. Surprisingly, we don't see the, the two German officers who were sitting across from them. Right. That, that might have been, that would have been nice to have them get off the train at the same time that you can see, you know, that that not that much time has passed, apparently. But uh, I don't, we don't know how much time has passed. You know, they, it yeah. could be that they've been on this train for three days. I mean, I know they haven't, but I'm saying... They, it's never stated how long they were actually on this train. And then we see Roger and Mac look around. And then as the whole crowd starts walking towards, you know, the, the gate to get out of the train area. So it's very strange. There's a table with what looks like two nurses and a, maybe a priest standing by there. I have absolutely no idea what they're there for. I have no <laughs> idea. I, I saw that when I watched the minute. No, no idea. It looks like... No, I have no idea. Um, unless I mean, if this was a movie about a concentration war. camp, camp, you would say, okay, these are the people that are trying to weed out, uh, you know, the, the 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 weaker people or whatever yeah. it is. Or it's you know there is a war going on, and maybe they're there for wounded soldiers coming off the train or something like that. But there's no explanation on why. Right. There. But sitting at a desk. At a desk. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a little too comfortable for waiting for for injured people to come. <laughs> You know, and one of them, yes, like I said, it looks right. like a priest. Uh, no clue. Because yeah. they don't look like they're waiting for somebody to get off the train. Right. So, right. Don't know. And then we see them continue walking down, Roger and Mac. You know, Mac walks calmly, and then we see Roger walk a little faster to catch up with Mac, even though they're, yes. both, they're both trying to pretend that they don't know each other. And then we get to see the Hitler youth, and they... I guess a Hitler youthette. We see the the Hitler youth and the Hitler youthette handing out yes. leaflets or something along the way. Yep. And I mean, I'm sure it's just pure proper propaganda, but you get to see the Hitler youth knife on his short 
which yes. which also it, it, to me it's just very strange that you'd have you know a, a 16 17 year old walking around with a knife like that you know he's I don't, I don't know what his plan is what he's supposed to be doing there no clue nope right you got me yeah no <laughs> I don't know either <laughs> and and Mac trying to blend in actually takes one of the leaflets from the girl you know just yes. uh, thanks her or whatever you know uh, but probably leaflets say we're, we're we're looking for Bartlett and McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, hey, Mac Mac actually kind of looks in place. Bartlett looks like somebody, you know, looking around like he, like he's out of place. For me, anyway, that yeah. that sequence completely, no question about that. Which it, which is ironic about what's going to happen in a few weeks because, you know, yeah. of the the fact that that Roger actually blends in better there than Mac does. So I guess each of them have. Yes have the times when, when they blend in better than the other one does. Then yeah. we, we see them walking towards the gate. We see in the distance there's a little building, and it says on the title, Zalab Fertigung, which I looked up because I don't know German at all, and it basically says customs clearance. That's what that means, which is interesting. How about that? Yeah. 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 And there's a little sign on the gate that says Osgang, which means exit. There you go. You know, again, little details. The the details are yeah. are what make this movie so great. They didn't yeah. have to have all these things in there because most people are just going to see that those lines and just not care about what's there at all. And then we see a policeman or Gestapo. They're standing there at the exit of the train station, check his passports and checking this, their papers. Yeah, <laughs> we once again get to see people where which they change places really quickly. You know, we see that, that there's a, an old woman with a blue scarf in front of Bartlett and an older man. And then in the close-up shot, we see a younger man who has a backpack that they stop. And we don't see him beforehand, you know. And it's movie at, magic, man. What? It's movie magic. Yeah, completely. <laughs> completely. And then at, at this point when they're waiting to get in line, we see that Roger takes a look at Mac, which uh, obviously... Is, is a big no-no here. They should be avoiding yeah. all, con- all eye contact whatsoever. And then we get a shot of Ashley Pitt walking down the along with the passengers. As, as we know from a few weeks ago, he was further down on the train. So for, you know, yep. he, he got off on his, uh, from his car and just starts walking. He's, he's looking down, has his hat uh, covering his eyes. You know, it's great seeing David McCallum here. He does a, he's, he's much more inconspicuous than anyone else. And, as we know from the rest of his uh, movie career or and TV career, he he, he played a spy very well. <laughs> yes, he did. So this, this I think movie, he's still carrying the newspaper that he had on the train. I don't I think, think so. I think he's no, no. Um, no he has the newspaper. Right. Yes, he has the newspaper under his arm. He's carrying and, a briefcase. And that news, yeah, that newspaper for realism's sakes, um, I, I, it's the German national. It's the I'm sorry, it's the German National Socialist Workman's newspaper, which was a real newspaper. So they got that one right. Yes, Yeah, we mentioned it a few weeks ago. What was written yeah. on the newspaper? I, I don't re- recall at this moment what it was. Uh, it was, it was some kind of was, salute to workers or something like that. No, there was there was something there. I think saying that the, the maybe it was the the Russians are are being beaten yeah, back the, oh. or something. Yes, the Russians are beaten back. That's what it said. Something yeah. like that. It was propaganda. <laughs> yeah. What, what else do you expect? 
you know, and he has his hat hanging over one of his eyes to try to, to stay uh, hidden. And then we get to see Kuhn looking at the passengers again, you know, a shot from behind him, where we get to see his whole profile while he's looking. And again, if you look at all the passengers that he's seeing, you don't see Ashley Pitt there either. You know, another no. part of that movie magic, he has disappeared, even though we know he's walking along the, the, the train at the same time. So again, th- these were not filmed one one next to the other. They uh, did a nice job of that. And then you know we get another shot of Ashley Pitt where he then does something even more conspicuous. He pulls his hat down even further and looks away because he what? he apparently sees Coon. <laughs> you know that's that's I, a way not to draw attention to yourself. Pull your hat down and turn the other way so that no one will see. I, I always thought even as a kid, there's that 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 this whole sequence. With McCallum, was I, I thought was weak, and and that shot that you're talking about right now, I mean he might as well have a sign on him that says "Just escaped from Stalag Luf Three. I mean he goes to the side of the train, he puts his head down. It's he and I if I can remember correctly, there's no one else in that shot. Yes, he he walks over to the side of the train, and just completely away from everybody else, takes his paper out. Starts fidgeting around with with the newspaper as he's doing that, yeah. and then we get to see Kuhn looking at another shot of a long shot of all of these passengers going by. So, yeah. obviously, as I mentioned, it doesn't look like these two scenes were shot side by no. side. <laughs> no, they were they were shot in in fusion at the train station, and um, from what I've read, it was an active train station, and they would shoot in between trains. Well, that would make sense. Work. That would make sense why there's so many extras that that are that are not repeating extras. <laughs> it could be, um, and so that. But what that also meant is that they would have to hurry to yes. do shots on the tracks and stuff like that. So the shot, not to get ahead of ourselves, right? Um, the shot on the track would have to be done rather quickly. Um, but yeah, you can. That train station um, is there in 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 fusion. Right. All right. Well, that ends this minute. Is there anything else you wanted to say about this minute? No, it's an integral minute, though, because what happens from this point on, things get pretty serious. And I think Ashley, the first, is he the first escapee we see die? Hey, hey, Joe, you're giving away what's going to happen later in the week. (laughs) I am so sorry. (laughs) For for, for any of those, those. You know, my, uh, few, very few viewers who've never seen this before. Don't don't listen to what Joe has to say about that. Come back later in the week and listen to what he has to say. I'm totally <laughs> As you watch you, this with us. No, it's fine, Joe. Like I said, the, we, we talk spoilers here. There's no problem. Uh, it's just it's just fun, you know, goading you with that. You know. All right. So, I, I enjoyed this. This has been fun. All right. Great. So I guess that means you want to come back again tomorrow. I will definitely come back tomorrow. Excellent. Okay. Um, so you want to Wait, tell... Do I have to change my shirt? Only if you actually want this to be on video. Since it's only audio, nobody sees what you're wearing except for me. <laughs> and you can change your shirt no or you can keep the same shirt. Just please keep a shirt on. That's... All right. You got it, brother. <laughs> All right. Do you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Anybody can reach out to me at, at my email. Whatever you want. Joe. Huh? Whatever you want. <laughs> But yeah, best, best way to get me is uh, Joe at VirgilFilmsENT.com. 
V-I-R-G-I-L-S-E-N-T.com. Excellent. Okay, and while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using to listen to this show. You can uh, join our Facebook group, The Cooler. You can check out our website, thegreatescapeminute.com. Our email address is thegreatminute at gmail.com. And our Twitter account is greatescapemxm. So, until tomorrow, tally-ho! Tally-ho! Tally-ho!